Welcome to the Momnificent Podcast. This is the place where we help parents live a happy, healthy life with their kids. We're going to show you how to connect with your child and help them even in their most difficult moments as we hear from experts in the field. I'm your host, Dr. Karin Jakubowski, an international speaker, public school principal, and former struggling student. The Momnificent Podcast equips parents with science-based strategies to help you live a happy, healthy life with your kids. Welcome. Trauma gets stored in the body, but can show up in our relationships, says Dr. Wong. And in this podcast episode, I sit down with Dr. Laurie Desatel, and I love what she says. Behavior management is about adult behavior. It's not about kids. Our brains and bodies hold the state of our nervous systems, and it takes a steady adult to settle a child or adolescent. I was hanging on her every word that she spoke at Delaware's Trauma Awareness Conference last month. She was the keynote speaker, and I attended her breakout session, and I'm planning to read her books, and I've been following her on YouTube and TikTok. I just love what she said. Listen to this. When we share a safe, emotionally available sanctuary of space and a trusting presence, students can borrow from our calm in moments of dysregulation. Well, uh, Dr. Dasatal, I'm so excited to have you today on our podcast show, Momnificent. Welcome to Momnificent. And something that I always, I didn't even add this in the notes, but I love asking my guests on the show, what's one thing you've done recently that you haven't done for a while that just brings you joy? Well, I just had a new grandson. And so it's our first. And so we just spent the last... um, like two and a half weeks in 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 Valdosta, Georgia, because they live far away. It's my daughter's, my middle daughter's um, first child. So, oh my gosh! Yeah, so so very exciting. very exciting and fun. Oh, that's the best. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just gonna jump right in. I love the phrase that you have as it's titled one of your books: "Connections over Compliance." And maybe you can walk us through what that looks like. Mm-hmm. So you know, we now understand through the research that um, relationships build brain architecture. It's really our neurophysiology depends on the social connections that we as human beings are capable of not only cultivating, but sustaining. And um, it's through touch. It's through being held. It's through being rocked in rhythm and warmth that our brain and nervous system develop. So in Connections Over Compliance, we traditionally um, view misbehaviors in a very punitive way. And that creates a an obedience or compliance reaction, which is not sustainable. And so we might change the behavior for a minute mm-hmm. or an hour, but we're not building the social and emotional and physiological well-being that the nervous system needs to thrive. Wow. Wow. That's neat. And how do we begin to shift and change the mindset towards connection over compliance when Sometimes it's difficult to change that behavior and something mm-hmm. that you're so used to doing one way. Well, it begins with us. You know, it begins with the adults. And when we recognize that as human organisms, we are contagious and that our affect 
our sensory systems, the way we feel, the way we sense an environment, the way we um, think, the way we believe has um, such an impact on the developing brain and body of our children and youth, then um, we have to understand that an organization, a school, a department, um, our homes begin with the adults. And we have this amazing opportunity to create and cultivate um, these not only strong relationships with our children and youth, but also to help them um, really create the strategies and practices that they know feels good, calming, soothing, and grounding to their nervous systems. So I want to see our five-year-olds and our 10-year-olds know that when they start to feel hot or sweaty or their tummy hurts or they get a headache, that they can um, take a cold shower. They can splash cold water on their faces. They can grab a straw and drink um, their favorite drink with a straw because that tends to activate the parasympathetic nervous system. So it begins with us. And when we model and live and embody these practices, um, our children do as we do. And and that's really powerful. Yeah. And especially if they learn it at school. Yeah. I mean, we do mindfulness lessons at school and the parents are like, my kid came home and did it with their sibling. Like these kids are coming home and their parents are learning from them actually. They do. And our students, um, just a a couple of years ago, we were teaching focused attention practices oh. to our third and fourth graders, and a couple of our students came back and said, oh, we taught my mom and we made a video. Can we show you? Oh, my gosh. And so, you know, we I had parents that. doing focused attention practices, you know, which are um, using breath, using movement, using sound, using taste yeah. to really, um, you know, create that um i don't like the word calm but to oh, create you, some steadiness oh, so how else do you say it so i like to what use the words? word steady okay um <laughs> because sometimes calm doesn't feel realistic we just don't feel calm but we feel or we can say calm enough steady enough okay it like um, changes it a little bit yeah. yeah it's funny because i i do some of the mindfulness lessons myself so i've made some videos and a parent said my kid doesn't like it when we say calm down. And I was like, oh, you don't? Like, and I'm thinking to myself, what else am I going to say? I but I, I like that steady or calm yeah. enough, just giving them those different words. Yeah, just centered, um, grounded. We talk yeah, about what like those that. mean. Yeah. Just, you know, just feeling planted. Yeah. Feeling. Oh, and you mentioned earlier that you, you're you not as a fan of dysregulated and regulated. And I was curious what other words you use for that. Because I, yeah, so I, I really feel that we need to be, we really need to hone in on awareness. I think that it doesn't really replace those words, but when you're aware, and in our house, we always use the word rough. Like, boy, Sarah, you're really rough today. Or Andrew, you just came to school, you just came home so rough. What's, what's going on? And so just being aware of when you're off, you know, of when you just feel, um, you just feel edgy and, you know, um, irritated yeah. and somewhat annoyed. Yeah. And that's that's really helpful. I like that. I think mm -hmm. people will they'll resonate with even that's kids enough. That's more. enough to yeah. feel yeah. to be aware. Because they know enough. when you're off. Yes. And and it's interesting because when I say those things with kids mm -hmm. in that way, in those words, mm -hmm. they get it. Yeah. They really get it. They understand the sensory words. 
and, and teaching them that is so huge and powerful. And, and reminding them because they know them yeah. that they've just forgotten because we as adults don't have that vocabulary. And you were saying in, in, in classrooms, and we'll say for parents at home, they could just create this little board and encourage your kid mm-hmm. to over time add words mm-hmm. of feelings and add words of... And begin to associate the sensory words with feeling words. Okay. So for example, angry could be hot. Angry could be tight. Angry could be um, fiery. Um, sadness could be heavy. Sadness could be hollow. Sadness could be numb. Yeah, whatever it is for them. Because mm-hmm. they're going to connect with it yeah. in a way that might not be a word that resonates with me. And then how, how do you use that at home? Like you just kind of refer to it and be like, wow, I'm feeling, what are you feeling right now? <laughs> and it's, teach, yeah, like tell, rough. Like we use, when we say rough at our house, that's a sensory word. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you feel rough. Um, so, you know, I just, I think making those associations between sensory and feeling making that vocabulary, kind of expanding that feeling vocabulary and really understanding that sensations are the language of our nervous system. I love that. Say that again. Yep. Sensations are the language of our nervous system. And so as we teach our kids those sensory emotional words or Mm -hmm. the sensation connected to the feeling. They they befriend their own nervous system. And when you befriend your nervous system, when your nervous system becomes your friend, then you can listen deeply to it and you can respond. And that's well-being. It's so beautiful. It is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. I love this work. I'm Mm -hmm. so grateful for what Mm -hmm. you are bringing and what you're sharing uh, what do you see as the next steps with this work in the next year, in the next five years? Where, where, where do you hope it grows or how do you see this affecting our systems and impacting them? Yeah, that's such a great question. You know, I, I really would love in the next, you know, two to five years to really see us take these practices and what we are now calling or what we call trauma accommodating tier one, take this framework in and changing our discipline protocols. That's what I really want to see shift because we are still um, secluding, sometimes restraining, expelling, you know, suspending, referring behaviors that we misunderstand and we're not looking underneath them and we're not getting out in front of them. And true. And what is a misconception around trauma and the brain that you find most often you need to explain and teach educators and those in the field? Mm-hmm. So I feel that the most misunderstood um, aspect of being trauma informed is that it's not just about the brain. It's what I talked about in the keynote this morning. The social and emotional organ is the body. Mm-hmm. Okay. And trauma is held in the body. And when I say the body, the nervous system. So it's that it's that bi-directional highway between the brain and the body. Thank you. And uh, if I were to buy my staff one of your books to read, which one would you recommend to read first? Connections Over Compliance. Yes. And then for our listeners, you were saying that's and a good... That's Yeah, that's kind of a good um, kind of precipice for the, my new book, which just came out in January, which is Intentional Neuroplasticity. And it's moving our nervous systems and our educational system toward post-traumatic growth. Okay. So it's now, it's kind of like what this is and then now what? Okay. And and what is, who is that book written for, would you say? It's really written for any 
one who sits beside children and youth. So whether it is, I mean, there's a focus in education, of course, um, but for social workers, counselors, therapists, parents, um, it really is a book for all of us that sit beside children. Awesome. And uh, how can someone find and follow you? So I have a website that um, is just probably overwhelm everyone's nervous system, <laughs> but it's filled with resources okay. and you can follow. So it's revelationsineducation.com. Awesome. Yeah. And is there one last thing, anybody listening out there, if you had like the 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 entire mm-hmm. country of educators sitting here listening to you today and, and what's one thing you just want to leave them with to remember? Mm-hmm. That we just misunderstand the behaviors that we have traditionally been punishing for so long. And underneath that behavior is a nervous system that really is crying out for connection and for regulation. And so, you know, a behavior is an indicator. A behavior is a signal that the nervous system is struggling to find safety and a belongingness. And I would say safety first. So, and that safety is that emotional safety. So we've got to get there or we just, we keep doing the same things over and over. Yeah. Well, thank you yeah. so much for your time thank today. You. It was a pleasure to yeah. meet you and listen to your keynote and breakout session today. And I'm excited yeah. about your books and sharing it with everybody I know. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, that's all we've got for this episode of the Momnificent Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be honored if you would subscribe and rate if you really liked it. I know wherever you're listening right now, it might not be the best time to leave a comment. But feel free to leave a question, a review, or a comment at any time. And until next time, remember, don't worry, be happy. Well, that's all we've got for this episode of the Momnificent Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be honored if you would subscribe and rate if you really liked it. I know wherever you're listening right now, it might not be the best time to leave a comment. But feel free to leave a question, a review, or a comment at any time. And until next time, remember, don't worry. Be happy.